You got to operate in truth, right? Operate in truth. Tell the truth. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Gator Truth Florida Football Podcast. I'm Daniel, and for those watching on video, don't think I lost a bet to a Georgia Bulldog. I am wearing black and sword Porter the Gators. Of course, this week is a salute to those who serve week, and it'll be the first time that the Gators wear all black jerseys. They're doing so at home, and fans are encouraged to wear black as well. The game does kick off at noon Eastern time. Also, another cool thing is the back of the jerseys will not feature the players' names. In fact, they will feature five terms having to do with different branches of the military and first responders. Those five terms are honor, courage, commitment, excellence, and integrity. Definitely something to keep an eye out for. I'll be honest, you know, from the beginning, wasn't the biggest fan of wearing black jerseys for various reasons. I mean, I've put it on social media. I'm not going to hide it here. However, I do like the purpose behind it. I do like that we are auctioning off the jerseys after the game, and the auctions have actually begun. Just give it a quick Google search. You can find it. All sorts of game-worn jerseys. I believe the bidding on the jerseys began at $250, $250. But all of that does go to, you know, different charities for military personnel, for first responders. So definitely check that out if you are able. And of course, we are playing the Arkansas Razorbacks, who we last hosted in the Swamp in 2020, as we played Felipe Franks in a pretty decent game. Definitely a fun one for Gator fans that were there during the 2020 season. With that said, let's go ahead and get into it. And as we get into it, some of the storylines we're going to look at first is Arkansas is coming off of a bye week. As I put in the preseason and people have started to notice, we had three straight games ending with this facing teams that come off of a bye. First, it was South Carolina. Then it was Georgia. And now it's Arkansas. What makes Arkansas a little bit different is that their running back, Rocket Sanders, who has only played three games this year or in three games, there's a chance he returns. From what I've read up, uh, Sam Pittman, the coach of the Arkansas Razorbacks, he said that um, Rocket Sanders was a limited participant inside in practice on Monday and Tuesday. Now, whether he was yesterday and today, I'm not quite sure, but he thought that Sanders may be ready. Sanders is one of the SEC's top backs when healthy. I don't expect him to be fully healthy if if he plays, but he is better than what the Razorbacks have right now. And also, Arkansas fired their first-year offensive coordinator. It is possible. They fired him, Dan Enos halfway through the season, and fired them during the bye week. So they've had two weeks to possibly change up a little bit about their offense and possibly tailor their offense a little bit more to their quarterback strengths. Their quarterback started off being ranked as one of the best, if not the best, in the SEC on Saturday down south. However, 
he hasn't had that great of a season. And part of that is just change in receivers. Part of that was the change in the offense for the Razorbacks. Excuse me. But anyways, if Rocket Sanders is back and with a play caller switch, that could really help KJ Jefferson, the QB for the Razorbacks, do a great job. And on the Florida front, there are injury concerns. Shamar James is done for the season after injuring his knee. He aggravated in pregame warmups against the Bulldogs in Jacksonville. And also, we have Sapp and Jackson from our defensive line. Both are questionable for the game. So if they play, they will not be at 100%. We have a lot of youth in these positions, but we also don't have a lot of experience behind them. So with James Dunn and with Sapp and Jackson questionable, it does take away from some of the strength and even some of the experience of our front seven. And then the final storyline. I know a lot of people are tired of hearing me say this is a must win. I've said on Twitter and I'll say it here. The reason why I think this game is a must win is it's our last best chance to get to six wins and get to a bowl game. Not getting to six wins guarantees a losing season. And I've already said that is not acceptable. That is one thing that I will stand on as a, you know, metric, as a tactic, or not on tactic, but as a tangible, you know, objective metric. You can't have a losing season at Florida. We did that last year. We've got to do better this year. And it's also kind of a must win because like Vandy, a two and six Arkansas team is not a team you want to, you know, lose to because that will turn up all sorts of heat and noise you don't want turned up. For good, bad, that's just the honesty of it. Whether it should or not, that's a different question, but the fact is it will. Taking a look at the Gators offense against the Razorbacks defense. The Razorbacks' defense is 32nd in the nation, and that includes facing offenses like Texas A&M and then also Ole Miss and LSU, which are two of the top 12 offenses in the nation. Their defense is 51st against the run and 32nd against the pass. So since the run defense is a little bit weaker, I am for us running to set up the pass. If we cannot run on this team, it's going to be very interesting where we start moving the ball. I do think that downfield passing is a must in this game, just like I thought it was in previous weeks. Because if you're going side to side and you have, like many of our games this year, 70-plus completion percentage being under 10 yards or 70-plus percent of your completions being under 10 yards, that's going to bring a lot of guys closer to the line of scrimmage. And if you're bringing guys closer to the line of scrimmage, that is less room for your running backs to run and a little bit more easy for the defense to contain your backs. So even if it's just a 15-yard downfield or 10, 11-yard downfield throw, that spreads out the defense at least vertically. And of course, we're going to do some screens and stretch it out horizontally but we need that vertical stretching of the defense as well, especially to take advantage of a, you know, Sosa run defense for Arkansas. The key matchup, of course, is the Gators offensive line against this Razorbacks front seven. And again, 
They're coming off a bye, so I think this defense is going to be the best rested it's been since the first week of the season. Moving on to the Gators' defense against the Razorbacks' offense. The Razorbacks' offense, for the most part, is nothing to write home about. It's a 120th ranked offense in the nation. I did keep some of my, you know, sub points here from the storylines, and that is Rocket Sanders returns. Even if he's not a hundred percent, he could make a def- difference in this game as well as a play caller switch. They had gone from Kendall Browse, who's a little bit more wide open to Dan Enos, who's a little bit more pro style, where the guy they have now worked plenty with Kendall Bryles, so he probably knows what worked really well for K.J. Jefferson in the past and will at least try and focus more on what helps him versus trying to install a new offense and just try and play to his strengths. And also the injury concerns, again, we're talking about you know, Shamar James, the leading tackler, he's done for the season. We're talking about two guys and Jackson and Sapp being questionable on the line and how much of an impact they'll have. Now, Arkansas has not been the best running team or passing team this season. But one thing to keep in mind, maybe you know this, maybe you don't. They played three road games this season already against LSU, Alabama, and Ole Miss the three top teams in the SEC West. And they lost to those three top teams in the West all on the road by a combined 13 points. Even though their offense hasn't been that great, they have found ways to make everything a game. Even in their terrible homecoming loss where they lost 7-3 to Mississippi State, their defense you know, held Mississippi State to only seven. Their offense really let them down that game. And that's what led to Dan Enos being let go. However, again, they played down to that competition, but they did play up to Ole Miss, LSU, and Alabama on the road. So this is not a team we can look at and say 120th ranked offense. We should have no problem. This is a team that is rested, is going to be motivated, at two and six, there's talk that their coach may be let go if they don't turn it around. They've got nothing else to lose. This is a dangerous team, and we're also in a dangerous spot after getting you know killed by Georgia last week. And next week, we're looking forward to going to Death Valley. I've said all season that this is a dangerous spot for this game, and it still looks like a dangerous spot. And then we run into the extra danger of Shamar James being out and Rocket Sanders, alternatively, on the Arkansas side, returning from injury and them having an extra week to possibly change their offense up so it works better to K.J. Jefferson's strengths. Again, he was the number one rated quarterback in the SEC by Saturday down south coming into the season for the first few weeks of the season. He's slowly dropped off. Part of that is due to his play, and part of that is the new offense that was around him. So we'll see how that goes. The key matchup for this game will be, much like on our side of the ball, it'll be that Arkansas offensive line against our front seven. If we can have a front seven that shuts down their running attack and gets pressure on K.J. Jefferson, 
we've got a chance to do really good things on defense. However, if they can run the ball at will and KJ Jefferson's a big guy, kind of like Anthony Richardson, hard to take down and is pretty athletic. If they get him going or, you know, get the running game going, then we might have a problem. So it is very big that our front seven limits the opportunities for the Razorbacks early and often. And with that said, I do expect this game to be closer and ex- closer than many would think, especially with G- the Gators' history of coming out rather slowly in 11 a.m. or noon kicks. And that's just talking about the Billy Napier era, looking back to the, excuse me, looking back to last year, you know, Vandy was a noon kick. Looking back to a it was actually a slugfest that first half. That was a noon Eastern kick. Now we've got a noon Eastern kick here. So it's going to be interesting to see how we come out. Maybe we don't come out slow. Maybe we come out looking really well. And so hopefully that happens. But based off of that, I think this game will be closer than it needs to be. I do think the Gators come out with a win. Granted, I admit that I do not pick against the Gators. I do think it's worth me being honest about that. But my prediction is that the Gators win this game. 24 to 21 over Arkansas. I don't think we can fully shut them down, especially with some of the changes on defense personnel wise with the unpredictability of how the injury situation is. But I do think on their defense, we should be able to get a few things and maybe we get a turnover that helps us get a short field. I do think that the Gators can move the ball and score. Hopefully we see more of that downfield passing that we saw really well in the first drive against Georgia, but not so much the rest of the game. And part of that is on the low line, but we also need to find creative ways, as I talked about after Georgia, to get Eugene Wilson the ball. You know, and maybe if we get an aggressive front, let's see those slip screens to the running back where you let the defense get through, but then the running backs behind them, you just throw it up over them and he's got the offensive line blocking ahead, and you could have a Montreal Johnson, a Trevor Etienne, making plays in space like that as well. So yes, 24-21 is my prediction for the Gators over the Razorbacks in the Salute to Those Who Serve game. As I said before in prior episodes, The Salute to Those Who Serve game is one of my favorites of the year. The halftime show is by far my favorite of the year as they play the different anthems, themes of the different branches of the military, whether it is Army, Navy, Marine Corps, Air Force. I think we've added Space Force now, as well as TAPS. Uh, They've done Amazing Grace during all of it. Definitely worth checking out, like I said, on the YouTube page. We have a video of last year's check that out as well. If you want to see what I'm talking about, that I believe was after dark. Of course, this one will be at noon. We will be wearing black. We're going to have all sorts of fun. And before we go, I do want to give a shout out. It's been an episode or two since I gave a shout out to my friends at Alvarez Lawn Company. If you're in the Central Florida 
area and you need some lawn work done or, you know, weekly lawn maintenance, monthly, whatever it is, give my friends at Alvarez Lawn Company a call or text for a free quote at 407-490-2617. You can also find them at Alvarez Lawn Company at gmail.com. Once again, that phone number is 407-490-2617. Alvarez Lawn Company, building plans that work for you. Also, if you want to have a little bit of a fun discussion, head over and talk to my friends at GatorChatter.com. They are your Florida Gator Sports Bar. I do write previews and reviews of the game as well as a few other members write reviews or have all sorts of fun. I know we've got a fantasy football league and just all sorts of laid back atmosphere. Check out GatorChatter.com. It is, once again, your Florida Gator Sports Bar. Alrighty, everyone. Again, Saturday. Salute to those who serve in the swamp. It is wear black season. Yes, yes, the swamp is going to be red and black like we are spending a day in Sanford Stadium between the hedges. But this is for a good cause. So show up, cheer loud, give us the home field advantage. And with with that said, I don't think there's much else to say except for thank you all for listening. And as always, go Gators.